McGrath, Troy Malcolm, welcome back, NRL round one. We're going to touch on it very briefly before we move on to a great question that we've got. Uh, John, winners or grinners? It was a good, well, but having said that, I haven't got the detail, but I think that we had a few big injury problems. We had two of our top players injured in the game, but yeah, it was a good start for Souths. Sweet. And of course for the uh, beloved Tigers. And the West Tigers have come to a flying start. So, Didn't they uh, beat Auckland? They beat Auckland. Which uh, is a hot team. Like, they're one of the favourites this year. So. 100% at, uh, at Campbelltown on a Saturday afternoon. The Tigers are winners and uh, our listeners around the country. We're going to be making reference to AFL throughout the year. We'll make reference to the Broncos for our, our Queensland supporters. We're going to, we're going to, cover, every, we're going to cover politics. The only thing we've probably got to get better at is covering real estate. <laughs> <laughs> now, does anyone in the room go for the Roosters? That's the real question of the day. Um, yeah. No, listen, <laughs> see, I play, played for them for a number of years, and it's great to see some of my mates still out there trying their best. Mitch um, Orbison. Mitch Orbison, Sean King. Going well. Um, they've got quite a few players that are still well, there. And Henderson came back as well, which was uh, remarkable, because Hendo played with me in 2004, for the Roosters, um, then went away and played for the Warriors and had a couple of seasons over in the English Super, uh, Super League. So he's come back now. Um, History tells us, though, Troy, going the uh, early crow after round one is never a good idea, <laughs> That's right. Tom. So we better keep our mouths shut. I walked yeah. in downstairs and that was the exact thing that We I have said a long to, season to ahead of us. You don't win the premiership round one. A long season ahead of us. <laughs> it's, it's chapter one. And it's a long book. Okay, guys, let's move on. Pop, uh, our topic, Q&A. I love this question because... In a roundabout way, people ask me this all the time. Here it is. Can you please give me some tips on things that can improve your ability to stay focused on daily prospecting? I find I start, I get distracted, I focus on something else, and at the end, I don't get through any of my phone calls. What are some of the best tips you can recommend on staying on track with prospecting? Well, I mean, prospecting full stop, Troy, is is it... A is it's a key activity and B is it's probably the greatest challenge. Because mm. one of those things, Tom, that it's incredibly important but it's rarely or it's never urgent until you have no listings. Well, you'll cancel uh, prospecting but you won't cancel an open for inspection. Or a buyer appointment. Right. Or a buyer appointment. So that's the problem is people often, you know, they start prospecting when the cupboard's bare and it's not a great time to be prospecting. You actually want to be prospecting when you're full to the brim. Um, so a, a couple of things. Number one is I think you've got to be what is your prospecting plan would be my first question. I think a lot of people have no great prospecting plan. And what it sounds like when I ask around the grounds, around re- the real estate grounds, I say, what's your prospecting? They say, I do a thousand DL cards. I put a, a market report out four times a year. Uh, it's, it's often sort of checkbook type prospecting. Yeah. A- and my view is that's it's not bad, but it's far from the best. There's kind of four or five or six things you should be doing in advance. And then I say to them, Tom, so tell me about the... 250 clients you've bought for and sold for over the last five years, what are you doing to keep in touch with them? To which the answer is normally nothing. Or, you know, I send them a Christmas card, which is, there's no cut through in a Christmas card when you get 100 Christmas cards. There's cut through in real, um, up-to-date, quality information, genuine phone calls, touching base with people. There's quality in that. So the first thing I think you've got to do is, you know, before we, we start telling you to get more disciplined, what are you being disciplined in? Make sure you are doing things that are the best quality prospecting activities, number one. Um, secondly is I think you've got to be careful you don't try and overcommit. So some people say to me, I'm doing three hours prospecting a day. I'm not sure wh- what I could do for three hours prospecting a day, and it sounds like a hard slog. 
I'd rather you do 20 minutes a day. I ring you know, five pipelines and I ring five past clients every day and then once a month I do something else. I think you've just got to be careful and realistic around what does it need. If you're a good agent and you've got some level of momentum up, which means you've got some auctions or open for inspections happening this weekend, you're following up buyers, a whole range of activities, a lot of your prospecting will actually come through your sales success. Yeah. And we talk, you, you, mean you, you coined the phrase, I think you should patent it, Tom, in Australian real estate, which has been attraction agent. And I agree with that 100%. So I think that a lot of your prospecting is going to come from creating raving fans and servicing buyers and sellers in the field. So I think if you're doing all of that, all you need to do is top it up with some activities. I told the story this morning, Troy, I did a session with some of our guys in here, just next door actually, and um, I told the story that Con... Constantopoulos, mm -hmm. who's one of our sales managers, in fact, he's our regional sales manager. He made a call to an accounting firm. He, w he needed an accountant when he came you to Sydney. You did talk about it at our I last pod podcast. Yeah, off yeah. Off so, LinkedIn. Yeah, so I, I, I sort of reminded everyone in the session today, 27 leads and 16 listings in a year. How many calls like that are they making? So I think it's really important for everyone to be um, choosy in, in, in the activities you do consistent, and Tom, you also talk about you know, willpower's overrated, you, you need to make it easy to make the calls. So slot them in at the same time, same place. Don't do too many of them. It could be you know 30 minutes, three times a week. Sounds like it's a pretty good prospecting plan, as long as you're servicing your clients well. So you know, I'd be doing that, because if I had a look at my diary and I had two hours every day into it in terms of prospecting, one is I'm not sure if, if I was busy how I'd find the time, and two is it would feel like it's hard work. Shouldn't okay. feel like it's hard work. So a, a couple of points there. Um, so JM, what you're saying is that uh, when you've got stock and you've got momentum, it's a far more attractive and abundant kind of activity. Yeah. You've got a different energy level because the kind of people that you're speaking to are people that are warm elites. When you're desperate and you're needy and you're prospecting because the cupboard is bare, you're calling people that are cold, that probably you should have been having conversations um, a long time ago. So, so you're also, so you're very focused on the kind of prospecting, and then and then the other thing I hear what you're saying, John, is that um, if you try and do something that's not sustainable and sounds too hard, you probably won't be doing it. You probably the way that you look at it, it affects your attitude. So you're saying is pick things that integrate your strengths that you like doing and that you can do regularly, even if it's a bit of it. A hundred percent. Deepak Chopra, I think it was, used to call it law of least effort. Um, and we, it shouldn't be sound lazy, but it's just if you can find a way to get there quickly and succinctly, do that because it's more sustainable. So I just jotted down as, as we were just talking in time, I thought, well, imagine if every day you rang your three closest pipeline listings. So these are people you've already met that are in the consideration period for choosing an agent. You then rang three past clients, people you've serviced in days gone by, and you connected with, had lunch with, breakfast with, or a coffee with one centre of influence. If you did that every day or three days a week, for most people that's a very achievable, in fact I would argue a very pleasant activity, catching up yeah. with someone who's kind of in your marketplace, in your community, a few times a week doing that. Speaking to people that you serviced a year ago and you helped them find a house, buy a house, sell a house and following up three people that you've already presented to a couple of days ago or last week, that doesn't sound like it's a hard slog to me. I could do that and be absolutely delighted. John, mm. I had someone in my street, and this is interesting, Troy, this, this story sums up real estate 
a vendor that lives in my street said to me, I had a door knock off the agent that sold me the house seven years ago. I hadn't spoke to him for seven years. And when he knocked on my door, I said, what did you think? He said, I thought he wants my house for sale. And I th it's an interesting learning that if you haven't spoken to anyone for a long time, and out of the blue you just pop up, mm. that is the perception someone um, has. You want something from me. Now, if you thought to yourself, what if this person had been getting regular contact, yeah. receiving something, having conversations, would they think differently to this person that just jumped out of nowhere, you know? And he did want, he actually said, I've got a buyer that could be interested in your house, that's why I'm contacting you, you know? Yeah, and, and Tom, a lot of our guys are now starting to do monthly video market reviews. Uh, Bressick Whitney Agency's been doing them for a while, they do them really well. So it's basically a 60 second, maybe 90 second at most, quick snapshot from an agent saying, here's what's happening in Haberfield. The last month there's been 32 sales, the average was 1.8 million, and this was the top price, and, and by the way, this was an interesting listing I just made. It's not intended to sell, it's just intended to give people an update. Um, that's another, for me, that's a better activity than some of the other stuff people are doing. Yeah. It's, it's going towards a trend for online video, which is very appealing to people. 60 second online video, you'll get enormous cut through. Yeah. Not many people will delete that. People are deleting stuff you're shoving in the mailbox, understandably, because yep. you know, it's, it's just becoming really junk mail and offensive to a lot of people. They're not going to delete a 60 second video that tells them what's happening in their community, probably, in the main. So I think it's a matter of being that. So back to the question, I think the answer that I'm coming up with is uh, be careful or be choosy in what you, you decide to use as prospecting activity. Um, structure it so it's pleasant and something you look forward to, not overwhelming and laborious on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, take the law of least effort. You know, where are you getting most of your business from? And for most people, it's good agents, repeat and referral. Yeah. So focus on that. I yeah. mean, you've got uh, five breakfast time slots and five lunch slots maybe for a lot of people, not everyone. That's 10 times a week. Make sure you fill two or three of those with people that you want to build a genuine business referral relationship with. What I'm getting a lot from both of you talking is that the goal is only achievable achieved by a consistent and measured approach. So whatever the goal may be, contacting the three hot prospects, contacting the three past clients. Right. Um, a consistent approach to that, so three mm. to five times a week. Doing Where a does monthly that market review. Market review, 60 seconds, people know to expect that, and then measure it. What's yeah. the lead generation off the back of that? Yeah, yeah, I like, the, I like you've yeah. taken it to the next level there, Troy, yeah. measuring stuff. You know, you should be measuring all the important activities and prospecting is a key activity. You should be mentioning your cut through on listing to sell ratio, on prospecting to listing ratio, all those things. So I think there, you know, there, there's some really good practical tips there. I'll just, as we finish up here, um, to our uh, question asker who wanted to remain anonymous, I will say this because I don't know how long this person's been in real estate. And I get this asked all the time at the real estate gym and that is I have people, young agents, one or two years saying, oh, but this guy writes a million dollars and he doesn't, you know, he gets all this call income in. And I would say to this person, they shouldn't compare their chapter one to someone's chapter 10. Mm. And I think that they've got to accept that that person that's running a full attraction business mm is probably done a lot of things that were more hustle type activities in their first one or two years of real estate and mm. that is that they probably did a lot of chasing and they made a lot of phone calls um, so i think 
various stages of a real estate career means that you focus on 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 different things mm. and um, um, I just think that as we finish off here what you said at the start John is um, treat the activity with the highest priority as a buyer appointment as a listing presentation um, because prospecting is 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 one of those things that's easy to to not do because it doesn't come to you, whatever it is, whether it's talking to centers of influence, it's, it, it, it requires you to be disciplined in your approach, to know mm. that you're gonna do stuff today, that you won't get a reward for today, but you'll get a reward for it two, three years later. That having this delayed gratification ability is very important in real estate. 100%, mm. no, I agree. Okay, gang, this uh, podcast is brought to us by our sponsors, of course, realestate.com.au. Uh, the great online business that allows you to uh, list and sell more property and have an agent uh, profile on their site, please go complete your agent profile because I have to say that has to be one of the the no-brainer activities. Uh, Next week we're going to be talking about winning the digital interview and we're going to be talking about some of the things that agents are doing. I love the new heading that we got for next week's podcast. There are no more blind dates in real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, see you next week. See you later.